Hey, what's up? Good afternoon, everybody. We are coming to you live from the ABC7 podcast studio in Sarasota, Florida for the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. I am the one they call the X-Factor Xavier McKnight, and I am joined by my partner in crime here, James Hill. Now, James, we had gone back and forth for a couple of weeks trying to figure out what your nickname was going to be. I know the first name we threw out was Primetime, but I think we especially have to keep that on reserve for right now after the performance by head coach Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs down in Fort Worth, Texas on yesterday. And we're only bringing this up because Prime is from Fort Myers, Florida, and he's one of Florida's proudest sons. But what an accomplishment yesterday. And that's Shadour Sanders. We won't just be talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May in the college football quarterback race this year. He he is making his name known. When you show up, you walk in, and you throw for over 500 yards, you accomplish four touchdowns, and you get out of there with a W in your first game in a Buffs jersey, that's huge. Hostile environment, a road environment, and you're playing a team who just went to the national championship game, that's huge. Huge uh, kudos, I'll use that, to uh, Colorado. And uh, they look like they uh, have a lot to build on. Absolutely. And we also found out yesterday why coaches in the Power Five rankings like Nick Saban were beside themselves when Travis Hunter decided to take his talents to Jackson State to play under Deion Sanders because he put on a show of his own yesterday as well. Both sides of the ball. More than 100 yards receiving. And on defense, a pass deflection, an interception, and more than 100 total snaps played. That is just sensational. And he is inserting his name into that Heisman race as well. But let's go ahead and get into some Suncoast football here. Just uh, once again, a huge congratulations to the Colorado Buffs program and all of the teams in college football who were successful this weekend. But here on the Suncoast just two days ago, Man, we've got our own success story brewing here right now, too, that people weren't necessarily expecting. How about those Bruins at Bayshore, James? I mean, my goodness. Last week, in their first game of the season, they won 56-46. to And a defense necessarily giving up that many points isn't as impressive, but being able to score 56 points is just amazing and just two days ago against LaBelle beating them 48 to 14 making it known you guys used to laugh at us we're not a laughing stock anymore to I don't want to go too far off the deep end when I say this but you know I was a small small toddler when this football team came into prominence James I know you remember them well They honestly are giving me flashes of the 1999 St. Louis Rams greatest show on turf, the way that they're playing and how they came out of nowhere. Mm, Greatest show on turf. Love that nickname. When you look at what's happening at Bayshore, this is a a, a tremendous opportunity for a team that people kind of took for granted. And you were out there a couple weeks ago, and you did a story on a young man who was moved down, thriving through adversity. That's what we talk about a lot. He's here living with a family member and really uh, pulling himself up by his bootstraps. And now all of a sudden, through their hard work, the heat advisories, the, the, 
practices. Now all of a sudden they went out the old-fashioned way, and they're winning football games. And so they are a special thing, and they also have a treat who is uh, fast. I've always said speed kills, and this guy was, was cutting through traffic. I described it as a like bumper cars at an amusement park. Uh, this guy is fast, and you will remember this guy all year long. Mr. Jaden Judge is who James is talking about right now, and he put on a show on Friday. Now, the first week of the season, now I learned when I was out at Manatee High School on Friday, we're going to touch on the Hurricanes and Sarasota Sailors matchup in a second as well. That was another good matchup. Classic Suncoast rivalry there. But when I was out, someone else within the community who is a prominent figure in these uh, media rankings here just in the Sarasota Bradenton community you know, he was telling me about a kid at Bayshore named Jaden Judge. Now, I didn't know what jersey number this kid wore, but he was telling me about Jaden Judge and how in Bayshore's victory last week, Jaden Judge had five touchdowns. We get back here. One of our crew members goes out, gets footage of the Bayshore game. We don't know what we're expecting, honestly, as the day goes by. But he comes back here with footage of the Bayshore game, and we see on a kickoff return this guy wearing number three, who is just slicing and dicing through the defense and the special teams, taking it back to the house. I had a great opportunity to reach out to Coach Sanders on Friday as we tried to find out who this guy was because if you watched ABC 7's Friday night game night this past Friday on our 11 p.m. newscast, you saw that we also brought back the play of the night, and that's something that you can expect to see going forward as well. And you saw that this young man was the play of the night. His name Mr. Jaden Judge. However, we could not identify his name because we went to look for Bayshore's roster on Max Preps, and we could not find a single player. So I reached out to head coach Jamal Sanders. You know, hey, coach, great win. Congratulations on the victory. Who is number three? What's his name? And he instantly texted back, Jaden Judge. And I looked over at James, and I said, that's the kid that I was just told about this evening. And you don't expect to see players of Jaden Judge's caliber going to a school like Bayshore, but the Bruins have one, and boy, are they such a pleasant surprise this year. I, I couldn't be happier for these guys because, James, I was sharing the story with you when I was doing the story on Terion Hilliard, the young man, the offensive lineman there, and, you know, I hope that this start look, leads to more colleges looking his way as well because you, you just love to see young people who are overcoming such adversity such as his be able to go on and live such a great life and being able to get to the right college can help get him in that direction beyond high school. We talk about teamwork. We talk about a collective effort, what you're seeing at Bay Shore. And if you haven't had an opportunity, when you watch our highlights on Friday nights, you will see, and if you can, get out there and get a chance to see these two gentlemen and the entire team. Uh, the coach is putting together a, a good program. They're getting better and better as each day goes by. But don't sleep on Mr. Judge. Uh, he is fast. He is quick. And if you don't wrap him up, he's gone. Touchdown. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, forgive us for this, folks. But we honestly don't know the last time that Bayshore had a winning season. You know, we'll find out that information for you as the week goes on. But as I was sharing with James when I was doing the story on Terry on Hilliard some weeks back, 
I went all the way back to where Max Preps dates for Bayshore High School, all the way back to 2003. And from that time up until last season, there were nothing but losing seasons. There was not one winning season on the board for Bayshore. That's just based off of Max Preps going back to 03. I don't know if it dates back even further to that point. So, I mean, there are so many things that have happened throughout the course of time since the last time it appears that the – let's say that it is 2003, James. Let's just use it as a scenario. Do you people realize I'm – going, I'm going to throw out five significant things that have happened in this world since that time period. LeBron James made his debut in the NBA. He's going into year 21. That tells you how long that is. We were in the first term of the George W. Bush administration. We've had three presidents since then, one who also served the second term as well. The U.S. Olympics team was taken over by Coach Mike Krzyzewski, the great Coach K at Duke. And James, you go ahead and you rattle off some too. Because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be so apparent here with how far back I'm going with this. I'm, I'm just trying to make the point known here that it's been a long time since Bayshore has seen the playoffs. Kobe Bean Bryant, the great Kobe, scored 81 points. You look at uh, Kobe, the tragedy, right? You look at the Lakers dynasty, their championships. Uh, it's been so long that Gilbert Arenas was still playing before his knee injury. You look at... Dwight was, you know, he he was Dwight was somewhere in Georgia about to come to Orlando. That's how long it's been, folks. You look at just a number of things in history, right? And so when you look back that far and you don't see any success, to see them doing this thing now, winning football games in dramatic fashion and lighting up the scoreboard, huge. The Patriots weren't even officially established as a dynasty yet. The curse of the Bambino was still underway in Boston for the Red Sox. It's been a long time. That's just the point we're trying to allude to here. But congratulations to the folks at Bayshore, Bruins Nation, their fans, their student body, their student athletes. We hope to get a chance to get out there and see you guys soon because what you're putting on display on that field is just phenomenal. And speaking of phenomenal play, James, you had an opportunity to attend a phenomenal outing yourself, well, at least with one of the teams playing phenomenal, I should say. And that's no shade in anybody. It's just telling the truth here. You had a chance to go to Cardinal Mooney on this past Friday and see those Cougars take on the Lakewood Ranch Mustangs. Whenever you see Cardinal Mooney, you know you're in for a good game, right? If you're a fan of them, you're going to see – uh, you're going to see uh, Mr. Foster. You're going to see Mr. Beach. You're going to see a lot, Mr. Lang. You're going to see a lot of guys who can play at a high level, right? Their defense is solid. Offensively, they light up the scoreboard, and they just have a good program with Coach Jared Clark. Uh, and, and they're special. Uh, Lakewood Ranch came over, and they put up a fight early on. But once the game got away and got out of hand, that was it. You know, we had a lightning delay, and then once the game resumed, it kind of went in another direction. But when you look at Cardinal Mooney, the history they've had, the team they have this year, very good team, a solid team, 
And again, it is going to be a long night if you are not part of their family and you're on the other football team when you see them. And the playmakers that they have, just two to name off here, Teddy Foster and Zamarian, better known as Zy Lang. I mean, that that tells you all you need to know. I mean, I did some stories on those two wonderful young men in the past two months and their collegiate commitment decisions. And being able to get out to practice and also see how they work, it's no surprise that they were such high-profile picks for Power 5 colleges to pick from. And Coach Clark has done a phenomenal job getting this thing turned back around at Mooney to turn them back into the Suncoast power that we know that they can be. Speaking of Suncoast powers, they don't look very powerful right now. The Venice Indians are 0-2. And, James, you had an opportunity to go out and see these guys in week one. And, you know, we saw the results from this past week when they took on Coco. And it's not looking too good right now. One of the best things about sports, I remember, let me take you back years ago to one of my basketball practices, and we were stinking up the gym, literally, and also we weren't making any shots. And the coach says, you know, guys, the best thing about sports in this case is we have tomorrow, and we have an opportunity to right the wrong and correct the ship and turn this thing around. Venice is in a situation where they have to look you talk about man in the mirror. They have to look at themselves, soul search. They have to, I'll just say it, they need to win about six straight, right, just so they can get back into who they are and what they're about. Can they do it? Yes, but it's not going to be easy. They have to go on the road to Miami Northwestern, the Bulls, and, again, what, what, what they do at Venice is it's almost like a, like a college basketball team who plays all these non-conference tough games before the season so when they get in the season they can deal with their their conference and then they'll be ready for the the national championship tournament march madness that's what they do at venice with uh the athletic director down there pete and then also uh, coach john peacock so they schedule these tough opponents and then when they play a tough suncoast schedule right and then they're able to compete. And Xavier, you know, because you covered them last year, they were within one wrapping, uh, t- uh, one wrapping tackle of winning a back-to-back state title. Venice is good, but they got to get it done immediately. Yes, um, I, I'm not exactly sure what's in the Kool-Aid down there right now, and I'm confident they'll get it turned around. They got out to a slow start last year. I believe they got out to a one and two start last year, so they still have time to fix it. But the clock is ticking. The the one thing about football, so James, to go back to your basketball analogy, yes, you do have tomorrow, but there are so many more games that you are able to play in basketball and baseball and soccer and sports like that. In football, there's about a 10, 11, maybe 12-week window to deal with. At most, maybe you can lose three or four games. They're already 0-2, so they can't afford to lose again. And Miami Northwestern is going to be a very tough test. That's that's just one that we have to go ahead and put out there. But with the program that Coach Peacock has been able to put together over the years, I expect these guys to get it turned around. But I have to say this before we move on to the next game. I would have paid to have been a fly on the wall on that bus ride back home to South Sarasota County on Friday night. 
Can you imagine how quiet we like it in a studio when we're about to do our Friday night game night? Or we do this podcast, for instance. The only voices we want being heard are, are these two voices. And, you know, you talk about a quiet plane ride or bus ride. Definitely that ride back from Coco all the way across the entire state, back to the Sun Coast, down to Venice. I'm sure it was extremely quiet. Let's stay in Sarasota County here for a second. The Riverview Rams hosting the uh, Buholz Bobcats on last Friday night. Uh, not the best outing at all for the Rams, losing that one 53-31. to It's never good when you're just out there surrendering points like that. But I still see some points of promise with uh, Coach Smithers in this program this year. I do not expect them to have a losing season this year like they did last year. And listen, they do have some playmakers on both sides of the ball. James, I really like that quarterback, Braxton Thomas. This guy is built like Superman. Like He honestly reminds me of a high school version of Cam Newton. He's strong. He can see over the defense. He can uh, move in the pocket. He can work it a little bit. He can make adjustments on the fly. He can get the ball over to his receivers and also his tight end. And then he has the luxury of DJ running downhill. He hands the ball off, and here comes DJ. Again, if you don't wrap him up, good luck with that touchdown. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about Braxton's ability as a quarterback, but here's where the Cam Newton comparison really comes into play. If you see this guy scramble outside of the pocket and start running downhill, look out. It's like a locomotive that's coming. Like, the defender may not be able to take him down. Like, he, this is a big, strong kid. It, I mean, if you see him. I mean, hopefully we have the opportunity to sit down with Braxton pretty soon. You know, we'd love to have him here on the podcast as well as many of our other student athletes here in the area. Let's take it up to Manatee County. I had a chance to go to Hawkins Stadium for our game of the week, the Manatee Hurricanes, Sarasota Sailors. That's always a classic Suncoast rivalry, and boy, were there some storylines heading into this one. Hurricanes playing with revenge on their mind. The Sailors, they beat them in the playoffs just last year. But a very familiar face now leading the charge over at Sarasota. He was on that sideline last year when Manatee lost to Sarasota, and now he's the head man in charge at Sarasota. That would be Mr. Josh Phillips. And, James, I had the pleasure of meeting him on Friday before the game, a very nice gentleman. They look like a much more buttoned-up program under him. Um, Not saying that they weren't necessarily as buttoned up last year, but you can tell that there is a structure and a focus on getting all three sides of the ball correctly. But Coach Green and that team in Manatee, they are – buttoned up the same exact way, especially on the defensive end. We told you weeks ago that the defense is going to carry this team. And boy, oh boy, do they have some guys in the trenches on that front seven. You know, when I went out to Manatee, what you walk away with is not only the structure, the college atmosphere, uh, they're bulky, they have size, and you talked about the trenches. Their line is solid. You know, and I I just had an opportunity to see the practice version, right? And I'm sure when you look at the game time situation, their front seven, good luck with that if you're trying to block and pull and go up against them. Uh, They look like a very formidable team. Uh, Coach Green, what he's been able to do. And then you look at, at Sarasota High School with Judge running the ball around, 
and the sailors and coach coming in to put his stamp on that team. That should be uh, that was a, a, a tremendous opportunity there, and obviously both of those teams uh, they have an opportunity to to have good seasons this year. Definitely memorable seasons they can cherish for a while. Yeah, absolutely. The Sailors they're now zero and two. They fell to the Hurricanes on Friday night, twenty seven to fourteen. And listen, we talk about teams that have playmakers. We open this up with James saying speed kills, talking about Jaden Judge and the speed that he puts display on the football field. I'm going to throw two names at you guys who represent the Manatee Hurricanes on the offensive side of the football in particular. Keyshawn, not not Johnson, but Smith. Keyshawn Smith. For my Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans out there, I know you're very familiar with the name Keyshawn Johnson, huge part of the 0-2 Buccaneers Super Bowl winning team. And Corey Sanders, a.k.a. Hardcore. That's all. Uh, when you see those guys, number two is Sanders. Number one is Keyshawn Smith. And when you see them play, you talk about speed kills. Those are two dynamic playmakers that quarterback Andrew Heidel has to work with out there. And, you know, it's just an exciting time here as well. But, you know, we also have to talk about another local matchup that I know that many in Manatee County were looking forward to, but it was not played because the game was postponed by the different administration staffs at the school for the reasons that I was told had to do with, you know, the fact that the hurricane had came through and we're talking about Hurricane Idalia now here just a little. And they felt that this was the best in the interest of the students, the staff, the student athletes, part of the program. I'm talking about the Palmetto Tigers and uh, Braden River Pirates. That is a matchup that many in this community have grown to love. Coach Bradley doing a great job over there with Braden River. Coach West doing a great job with the Palmetto Tigers. And it's just a shame that this matchup was not able to be played. It will be played in the future before the season is over. We're just not sure when, though. But I know that that's one that many in Manatee County were looking forward to. Just wanted to touch base on that one really quickly. That's one of those games that uh, local fans and, and people from both schools right, both sides of the river, right, they circle that every year on their calendar. And what Coach Bradley told me was that game has implications. Whoever wins that game will probably come out of Manatee, come out of the area. That game is huge. It has uh, 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 basically it, it has implications on who's going to move on. And so, uh, yeah, Coach Marino is not there anymore at Palmetto. Coach West is there. And they want to continue their tradition. And they're, they've always been a pretty good program. Absolutely. And speaking of Hurricane Idalia, before James and I jump into, you know, our activity and how we were involved with things here at the station last week, let me just begin by saying we send all of our thoughts, prayers, best wishes, and blessings to everybody that suffered tremendous impacts due to this storm. Uh, this time last week, it was unexpected, the path of this storm, where it was headed. We honestly thought it was headed here. The preparations that were being made here were very similar to those that we made during the preparations of Hurricane Ian. We are very thankful to be able to say that here on the Sun Coast, we didn't come close to having impacts like we did on with Hurricane Ian. But our neighbors up in Tallahassee and some in Upper Tampa, the Central Florida area, they suffered. And, you know, they, they, they suffered bad. And, you know, James, one of the things that I was asking coaches and athletic directors after the aftermath of the storm here in this area last week 
and they all were 100% with this. I said, you know, are there plans and are there efforts being made on any help, any resources, any supplies that can be sent to the people who need them right now? Because we found ourselves in similar situations here on the Sun Coast last year, and they said absolutely. They just need to know where to send that help and those supplies. So I just wanted to go ahead and, you know, get that said before we talked a little and touch base on what our involvement was with the storm and how we were involved with the coverage of that here last week. You know, just sending those people our absolute best. Definitely. Uh, we want to uh, send a shout-out and, and send everybody uh, our regards when we think about those who had very uh, tough times recently. Uh, we all did, but many people, uh, some people lost a lot of things and a lot of their property and, and memorables and, and belongings were washed with, uh, with, with, with water and, and some of the flood damage and things like that. So uh, definitely a shout out to them. Also, when you think about the storm, uh, we remember uh, last year uh, when the storms went into Venice, their stadium was damaged and the team banded together, uh, again, uh, thriving through adversity. The team was able to band together, uh, Pete, the athletic director down there, and they were able to get that stadium back up and running, reinforce bleachers, and the team got all the way back to the state championship game to defend their title. They came up short, but they made it back. So that's some of the resilience that we talk about. And again, this last week, uh, you all know, uh, what we just went through here in Florida and ABC seven, one of our initiatives is always to make sure that we have the coverage uh, that, that can help people uh, on air and online and just making sure that we can provide you with late breaking information. Absolutely. Our, our, our initiative is we want to prepare you and we want you to plan. We don't want to scare you. We don't want you to panic. What, what our message is, is hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And honestly, that's just the best way that we can put it because even this time last Monday, it was still very unpredictable what exactly was going to happen. I'll just put it like this. When I came here last Monday, the early talk was if we have to send a crew to a station in another state, if we have to have digital updates provided, if we lose Internet and power here, James, that person was going to be me. That's what I was told when I came in here. I was preparing to go home, have a bag packed, and get ready to actually get on a flight, not take a drive to another station up in our state because the, at that point the path of the storm was dangerous that we knew it's either going to hit here or it's going to hit directly somewhere in Florida. That's the part that we did know. So I was preparing to get on a flight to head further north to another one of our sister stations. But by the end of Monday, I was pretty much told, no, you know, the plan is to keep you here for right now. It's looking like it's not going to necessarily be as bad as originally predicted and projected. So I ended up being here. And, James, you were at the Manatee County EOC providing great coverage for us there. And let me just speak a little about my experience with this from this past week. For me, this wrapped up my first complete month of being an on-air personality professionally for the first time. And it's been fun. It's been tremendous. But, James, I got to tell you, this month has it's felt almost like a year, just with the learning curve with some of this stuff, 
being able to get out in the community, tell some of these stories. I mean, my life and my career here has done a complete 180 in a two and a half month time span. Like that, like, like that, like I just snapped my fingers, like to just really get that point across. However, on Tuesday, I had a chance to sit back down in the seat with my production roots, my executive producer roots. And, you know, it felt good to be able to do that, but it felt even better on Wednesday to be able to get out and actually be a part of the on-air coverage. I was out with uh, one of our teammates here, Michaela Redman. We were providing coverage from Cortez Road in Bradenton, one of those heavily flooded areas there. We first arrived out there around 1 in the afternoon on Wednesday of August the 30th. Yes, that was August the 30th. We first arrived out there around 1 p.m. I stepped out. I had rain boots on, of course. Number one thing I will tell people just from a previous experience dealing with a storm in 2020, do not wear your sneakers or your tennis shoes out there. They will be ruined, and you will have to throw throw them out. And, you know, you may end up being very unhappy about that. I know I was. But I wore my rain boots out there, and my rain boots almost come up to the bottom of my knee. At one point, James, I had walked so far down one of the roads, I had to start walking on the tips of my toes so that the water would not have started to seep down into my boots. That is how much water was on the ground out there in that area. And it was just amazing to see and be out there throughout the course of the day. I was out there for nearly seven hours that day with Michaela. It was amazing to be out there and see how much of that water receded in that amount of time as well. You talk about low-lying areas, uh, Level A, uh, Cortez, uh, the Manatee River. Uh, you talk about the uh, basically the, the, the bay and those areas where the confluence, where the waters meet. And again, low-lying areas. Uh, it, it's challenging because we live in paradise. And as one gentleman put it, he says this is kind of the other side of that. Um, every blue moon, there is some weather that comes through, and so we have to deal with that. And when that water comes in, it's very problematic. Uh, a lot of people out there, they were flooded out, and that's not a good thing. Very tough. James, talk to us a little bit, too, about what your experience was at the Manatee County EOC. Because last year with Ian, you were at the Sarasota County EOC. What were some of the differences that you noticed, you know, besides the obvious one being that one was Sarasota County and this one was Manatee? So the buildings are uh, tremendous, and they're filled with a lot of the personnel from a wide variety of different uh, resources, uh, fire, uh, police, law enforcement, uh, you know, people, first responders, people who can respond, uh, the county sheriff's departments, people who can respond, decision makers who want to assess, take in the information, and then try to help uh, the, the effort when the storms actually take place. So this year I had an opportunity to go over to Manatee, and uh, when I got over there, I had a chance to do some phoners, we call them phoners, where we put a graphic up on the screen and we pretty much give you an overview, a flavor of what's going on at that particular time during our newscast. And those operations, uh, for people who don't know, are 24 hours. They don't sleep. So what happens is some of the people are there for several days 
And then sometimes they have the luxury of changing up shifts. But during the hurricanes and the storms, people can't really move around because of the dangers. So people are, are fully self-contained inside these buildings, right? And so inside these buildings, you get updates and you get reports as to, hey, uh, the power outage, according to uh, Florida Power. Hey, uh, this, the, the water is, is overflowing the Manatee River right near the hospital and the bridges are closed. So you get updates and then you're able to pass this information along to the general public so we can all make de informed decisions and, and kind of stay on top of what's going on. So I checked in on that Tuesday afternoon. I was there all night on Tuesday. Uh, it's not glamorous, but I, I, <laughs> I did sleep in the press room and, uh, and then um, didn't sleep very much because, again, it's a 24-hour it's experience. Uh, lots of coffee, lots of bottled water, uh, and there's several people there. Uh, the staff from Manatee County was there as well. So we were behind a glass wall and there's a press conference area and then you could look inside the uh, working room where the where the staffers are you technically no media was allowed inside so what i would do is take pictures and get videos and send them back here to the station and that's kind of how we could see the inner workings of what was going on uh, mr bill logan uh, who many people know from abc7 and he's with manatee county he was providing a helping hand in terms of being a resource for communications coming out of Manatee. So he was a good guy to uh, interact with there, and obviously we were able to get some information and pass it on to people. Uh, and finally I was able to, as the weather, and, and Bob had updates, as the weather passed on up into the Panhandle and, and up into Georgia, I was able to uh, be released, so to speak, and then uh, return to the station and then uh, go home and, and try to rest up and recuperate and get ready for Friday night game night. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a huge thank you to everybody from last week who provided any information to us so that we could help get that out to the viewers. Anybody who we called up on the phone that was always available there if we needed a phone interview because we couldn't have our crews out on scene. Just a huge thank you to everybody it's always wonderful to see the community come together. It's always unfortunate when it's something like this, but thankfully, you know, we were spared for the most part, and it's always just great to see the community come together. And I feel like we have to put this message out here as well. We're not meteorologists, but we do work in this station and we do work in this industry, and I feel that we have a responsibility to make sure that people know that may have not been the last one. Okay, hurricane season is not over until November 30th. James, I've been here in the month of November before when we got hit by a tropical storm three years ago in 2020. That was unexpected. But just to emphasize to people that, hey, from June 1st all the way to November 30th, you have to be on high alert. You have to be on high alert about how you plan, the vacations you plan, the places you plan to go, because things can instantly get flipped upside down in an instant and it's through no fault of anybody it's just how mother nature works and florida is one of those hot spots for hurricanes yeah we are located in paradise if you will uh sarasota county manatee county uh just under tampa bay 
uh, looking at the golf is gorgeous and the ringling and what have you. But the problem is sometime when, the, and, and Bob has information on this, but when sometime when those storms come through the tropics and they, they make that curve and they go over into Cuba and then they get into the Gulf where the water is 90 degrees sometimes, it's very challenging for us and it's very challenging for everybody, uh, no matter if you're on the Texas side or the Panhandle or down in the Keys. Um, we, we know what happened in Katrina. Uh, sometime they go over into the Yucatan. Uh, this is the price of, of living in paradise, unfortunately, and uh, we will just continue to, to stay, uh, stay ready. Uh, bottled water, candles, flashlights, and, and th those sort of things. You always have that plan in place, and uh, you just know that that is kind of a fixed situation in between the dates that Xavier just mentioned. Uh, it, it's, it's real. It's real. I mean, you would never think that, oh, we're going to deal with a tropical disturbance about a week out from Thanksgiving, but it has happened here before a tropical storm that at one point was a Category 1 hurricane. So, I mean, you have to stay on high alert at all times. Make sure that you are always prepared. That's that's the best message that we can emphasize just when it comes to that. You always have to make sure that you are prepared for what can happen. What I would say is the local, and, and we talk with uh, several local ADs, local coaches and players and, and family members, they were able to bounce back, very resilient. Uh, they lost maybe two days of football practice, the Tuesday practice and the Wednesday practice. And when Thursday came around, uh, you know, there was the, the discussion, and Xavier will tell you, well, hey, we're going to play games tomorrow night. And that was phenomenal for, for teams to show up and get week two done, so to speak. And also to provide a great distraction from everything that's happened this week. Here on the Sun Coast, where, you know, I'll, I'll keep saying it, we didn't suffer great impacts compared to last year. I mean, James, I mean, you and I both were here. I mean, we saw those horrific images out of Fort Myers last year. I'll never forget last year, uh, before the right before the storm, they had a, a, a lot of service trucks who had made their way to the Sun Coast from all over the country. I'm coming down Fruitville, and I look over to uh, Roberts or Robarts, Roberts, however people pronounce it differently, the arena, and it's filled with uh, a number of, of utility and service trucks. And that right there, I will never forget that image of those trucks and did have an opportunity to do stories and interact with them. They were there for us, and they were here to cut trees and, and get debris and get the lights back on, so to speak. And, and last year, what we went through, serious. This year, not so much in terms of, of what we experienced, but when someone else hurts, we hurt too. So it's a collective effort, and it's, it's, it's the totality. Uh, we care for you. Absolutely. Um, the images we saw out of Fort Myers, uh, the images we saw in South Sarasota County, I mean, around, let's say, about nine months ago, you could still just take a drive all the way down through Venice and Northport, and it's very humbling to see some of the things that we saw last year. So we send our absolute best to everyone who suffered tremendous impacts due to this storm. But let's get back into what we can talk about for next week. Athlete of the Week is on the way back, folks. I'll have a great candidate 
for that on Tuesday for you. James and I will be out on football games. It's scheduled again next Friday. Look for a poll on Facebook here by the end of today. We are going to give the choice to all of you. We're going to have about four or five games listed, and we want to know what you guys would like to see as the game of the week because we want to make sure that we're spreading our roots and we're getting out and about to all of the different schools that we can for this great honor. But we are excited to be able to get back to a week next week as far as we know that will be business as usual. So we're excited for all of the content that we're going to bring to you guys. James has a great story tonight as well. I'll let him touch on that, and then we're going to have to get out of here. So tonight uh, you will uh, find out uh, you go from fan to a general manager, right? You go from an intern to a general manager. You go from a ticket sales a booth service worker to a general manager of a pro baseball team. Uh, that's pretty much I pretty much told you, but – that's what you will see tonight. Uh, tune in 6.30 and 11 o'clock, uh, ABC7 uh, Sports, ABC7 News. We're also on um, mysuncoast.com. A true story of climbing the ladder and just never giving up and just being a lunch pail, guys. I know James can appreciate me saying that. But we got to get out of here. We will see you guys next week. I am the X Factor, Xavier McKnight. He is James Hill. May you have green lights and blue skies. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.